Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We come to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Tuesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We are with you until 10 a.m. this morning. Whatever. <laughs> no, we're going to be here till 10, by God. No, it's a wildcat strike. We're, we're, Is that what it's called? I don't know. I'm walking out because <laughs> I can't find my earphones. Don't throw my hard hat down. Uh, okay, you, we're, okay. if we're going to go all union, we are with you till 9.53.30 this morning. Yeah, we're very that. excited about that. Take yes. that the man. <laughs> yes, stick it to the man. Um, good to be with you. Uh uh, we are with you. Ross Tucker will join us at 723 Ooh. today on the show, so we're looking forward to that. Um, the uh, the Texans head coaching search, I've had a chance to kind of sit back a little bit now, Seth. At 7 o'clock today, I'm going to go through the approval ratings. I did the annual. It's become an annual tradition with the Texans yes. for the third year in a row. Yeah. Um, we uh, we will go through the, uh, the Twitter approval ratings. Boy, the thing I was most encouraged by was the number of votes I was getting on these. Compared to a normal Pender poll. There's way more engagement from people and interest in this. People are so resilient. We don't give people credit enough for being resilient. I think That's a lot true. of times when uh, when people say, That's it, I'm done with this team forever. I'm never gonna see them again. I, and we need to we need to remember, like, okay, this is kinda like a it's a, your relationship with your team, your sports team, is typically a lot like a dysfunctional relationship. It is. And it is. <laughs> like they rarely, no matter who you are, in any city or anything, they rarely actually give you what you want. Yes. But they tease you over and I've over. I've been in many of those. It's exactly yeah. the same. Yes. They come home on time once a month and <laughs> like <laughs> and then like and that one time you're like, oh, you didn't come home drunk today. Right. Gosh, you know, and you came home on time and you uh, and you, you, you picked is, the kids up when you said you this, would. This is going to be all right. This is what it was like in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the good old days? We just get back to that. Yeah. No, nah, we don't need a therapist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so, I, you know, just a chance to kind of sit back and reflect on where they are right now. It, it does appear mm. as though there is a line being drawn in this coaching search. If I had to do this thing in tears, I would say – there are four there are four candidates that I think the minimum response would be, all right, I'm okay with this. This is fine. Uh, and I think Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon, Sean Payton, and D'Amico Ryans all are above that line. Payton's I think, out for me. Yeah. I, I think I think Steichen and Gannon are the ones that are just above that line. I think Payton, what I've learned in interacting via Twitter poll with a lot of fans, will give you the results yeah. thus far at seven o'clock today. Um Peyton is more polarizing than I think maybe he's being given credit for across the sports radio verse. He's, he's off-putting. He's yeah. putting me off. Consider Seth 
off. Yeah, I have been off. Switch to off. Yes, uh, he's very off-putting. When I watch him on Fox with his Brandon Cooks expression, uh, I just, I, I don't need this dude. I don't need this dude leaking stuff to Colin Coward and his his arrogant attitude, his paying players to injure the opponent is your way of motivating them somehow. Like, all this stuff. I don't need it. Yes. I don't need Sean Payton. I'd like, I want a young, scrappy up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. Can I interest you in a scrapper by the name of D'Amico Ryans? Because yes. he is the favorite far and away right now. Uh, D'Amico Ryans is my favorite as well, as many of you know. The biggest objection to which is that he's a defensive-minded coach. Uh, many people would point out, hey, the people remaining in the playoffs are all offensive-minded coaches. Yes, 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 yes. We all understand that. Um, I would say this. I just this morning, I went back through the Super Bowls from this century. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting, so I don't include the 2000 Super Bowl. Okay. Was the 2000, starting with the Brady, starting with season, Brady yeah. in 2001. Yeah. Uh, if you go by various rules of which coaches not to hire, and I just went with, I said, uh, you know, at various times, people in various uh, hiring cycles, it's all of a sudden become common knowledge. You don't go with a retread. My God, don't go with a retread. Or especially like right now, oh, you can't go with a defensive coach. You can't go with a defensive coach. By that logic, 17 of the last 22 Super Bowls have not actually been won. That's a yeah. great number. Yeah. Okay. Which uh, I included special teams coach because they're not offensive coordinators. Which would be so, John Harbaugh. And Bill, Co- and Bill Cower. And Bill Cower. Who's a defensive coordinator and a special teams coach. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, 17 of the last 22 Super Bowls have not actually been won. Because the, <laughs> because you would never hire a, you would never hire a non offensive minded coach or yep. a retread to to coach your football. That's team. phenomenal. Okay, if, so if we had air raid quarterbacks to it, we're up to eighteen. Okay. Well, and no, and then Drew Brees, which is a spread offense at the time, you can't draft him. I would I give him a little bit of a pass because he wasn't a first rounder and he was traded for. So uh, so let's just oh, say still eight, it feeds your narrative. Various man. rules, yeah. yeah. If you go by various rules, at least nineteen of the last twenty two Super Bowls have not actually been won. That's great. You know what? And anytime there's a rule like that that has to do with coaching over the last twenty years, inevitably, what my first reaction is: okay, well, six of them are Belichick, but right. seventeen, dude. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's you, that's. I mean, do you include Donny Dungy, um, uh, Tom Coughlin, retread, right, right, retread, right, retread. right. Yeah, I was just going through defensive coaches in my mind because that's the more that's the one that's relevant right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And and it well, there's substance behind it though too. And like, I'm not saying the trend is without merit. Sure, but whenever there is a heavy trend like that, you always have to remember, okay. There's always a correction at some point because when there's a heavy trend, that means there's opportunity on the other Time side to zag. of that trend. Yeah. Right, yeah. So not to say there's also a lot of hazard in thinking you're the genius that knows when to zag, but in hiring all these offensive-minded coaches, there's a 100% chance in my mind that certain defensive coaches have been neglected or guys that have better actual head coaching attributes have been neglected as the trend swings that way. So I don't think it should be a guiding it should be a tiebreaker between whoever the best head coaching candidate is. Just the best yeah. coaching chops, regardless if, of side of the ball. If you have two guys you feel really good about as leaders, then okay, let's go with the offensive guy. But otherwise, I'm, I'm going with the best head coach candidate. Are you getting the same feeling I'm getting where if it's not D'Amico Ryans at this point, that there will be a level of disappointment? I think there will be to a... varying yeah, degrees depending yeah. on who it ends up being. I think there will be a level of disappointment. I think also, though, and, and I wonder, I, you know, I don't know... If, Maybe I'm way overthinking this. There's a sentimentality that comes with hiring D'Amico Ryans that I think most of our listeners and most Texans fans are aware of. Like, they're aware that, hey, you can't hire a guy just because he was a, a, a great player on your team or because, you know, whatever you know of him personally. 
but it is something that you know that like you have a more you have a, a better understanding of his character and his personality and everything else than than you know of the other guys and that's that's it's hard to ignore that it's just hard to ignore that so i always look at i look at the D'Amico connection to the team as a a cherry on top and something that's like an extra benefit but you can't you got to try real hard not to use it as part of your decision making yeah it's shit boy man I, I putting up those polls you not only get people voting on them but you get replies to them also yeah and th- that's the, the sense i get is this is a coaching search they went into, I think, where the feeling was, all right, well, we really like these seven candidates. We know we're going to get somebody good. Now that D'Amico's interviewed, now that people can read into however they want him canceling two other ones, yeah. I, I think it might be made a bigger deal of than it should be right now. I have no idea. The, the only thing about that is, because I was with you, I thought maybe it was just too much projection. Just logistics. Of, except that he, he also is not allowed now to interview with those teams until next that. week. January 30th yeah. this is the first time that the D'Amico, Steichen, and Jonathan Gannon are allowed to interview with teams. So those guys either put it on hold or one of them has actually already been hired. Ooh. And they're just keeping it quiet. I smell a conspiracy go, theory. Yeah. I lo- yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, uh, I like the thought or the notion that maybe one of them, D'Amico, or Steichen or Gannon has been has been hired already and agreed to terms, but they're just keeping it quiet because for for all, for all kinds of reasons, it's a, for the fan base that those guys work for now, for the distraction of the team, all yeah. of that. We we don't know we don't know what the truth is right now. Only the people behind closed doors do. But if we want to feed that conspiracy theory, then the conspiracy theory would be he had to cancel those other interviews because the Texans one went long. We don't know if it did go long or not, yeah. but it went long. It was definitely into the you know it was a. Late, you know, it was an evening interview. I heard that it was via Zoom. It was via Zoom. But the actual thing was that um, Cal and Hannah were on a jet the entire time, and it, it kept going and going. And, you know, they've got these fancy satellite modems yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, and that at the very end, when D'Amico felt really good about it, there was a knock at the door. And there they were. And it was Cal. With a gigantic cardboard check for $7 million. No, no, no. It was Cal from um, the, that movie where he had just a bunch of placards with uh, messages on them. And he kept it because uh, Kyle Shanahan was in the kitchen. We want you. Yeah. What uh, movie is that from? I've seen it. I don't know. I've seen it satired a million I times. Have too. I have Texan, two. Text in 713572467. Ben shaking his head. He's our movie consultant. He doesn't know. I, I've Originally, seen it. I have no clue. Okay, yeah, I have no, I've seen it like parodied over and over yeah. again. I have no idea what it's from. Yeah, the conspiracy. Interview goes long, have to cancel the other two, and he's already the candidate we know enough about. Like, honestly, if we're being, if we're being honest, yeah. they know enough about D'Amico Ryans as to know whether or not to offer him the job. Well, I guess the, the big X factor would be Casario. You know, Casario's yes. got to get to know uh, the, D'Amico Ryans. Right. And I mean, if I'm Casario, if I put myself in Casario's shoes, I think there's a little bit of skepticism about, like, oh, the hometown kid. Like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, you guys all think he's great. All right, whatever. He should, he should yeah. think that way. Right, right, right. And then have to right. be convinced. And then also, but the one thing, as far as the sentimentality goes, this is the one extra check in D'Amico's favor is this organization needs to feel as comfortable as possible being very patient with this next coaching hire. Yeah. And um, I feel like yes. D'Amico being D'Amico buys him an extra year of a fan base being patient and waiting to waiting for things to turn. Yep. And uh, and that, that's important for any coach, but it's, it's not a leniency that's right there right now for a lot of fans. We've been saying on this show that the Texans opening is one of, if not the best openings of these five openings for a variety of reasons. Mike Sando, The Athletic. Anonymous executives, he talked to them. Anon. Do they agree with Payne and Pendergast? That is Ian next. Anon.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. We were uh, just watching Love Actually. We were. That's what Sean and I do during the so we do during the breaks. <laughs> we have a sofa in the corner, got some popcorn, and we were watching Love Actually. So Love Actually is the movie from which the, the there's a scene that I've just seen parodies of over and over again, where a guy shows up at a, a girl's doorstep, and her boyfriend is up in the living room, because they're living in a townhouse or something, and uh, and he's he's got placards with messages the other like man knocks at the door like yeah. they're on saturday night live or yeah. something and he starts uh giving this love message to a really skinny who is that kira knightley or somebody not sure who that is she's a skinny english bird yes yeah and Very uh, cute. so it's uh it's it's a cute little scene yeah i don't know what this trollop's doing like just two-stepping on her boyfriend who seemed nice enough from where this scene cut in so you and i were I've picturing seen. that scene with cal Flipping the cards about how much he loves D'Amico, yeah. and D'Amico being the one standing at the door, having to scream to Kyle Shanahan that it's Christmas carolers at the door, yeah. honey. It's Except okay. Ursay is pretty cool with uh, obviously his guys interviewing. I guess, uh, or excuse me, um, Shanahan is cool yeah. with it. So I'm, in my vision, it's actually Ursay that's up there. Uh, uh, or I, do, oh, or, or, yeah, Jed uh, York. <laughs> Yeah, well, it doesn't. That's where it breaks down because those guys are all cool with their their yeah, assistants yeah. leaving. So it has to be somebody <laughs> else. That, sitting with Ursay on the couch is Ursay trying to explain the news, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and D'Amico just being like, oh, "Okay, Jim, yeah, that's, boy, you've got this all wrong. This yeah. is <laughs> this is why I canceled our first interview." Ursay, <laughs> um, like, I found this site on the internet. <laughs> so um, Mike Sando of the Athletic. Talks to a lot of anonymous executives, and we thank him for that. Uh, because the lead to his pick six Monday column, and again, I'll say it, best Monday column covering the NFL, in my opinion. Very consumable. Uh, number one, the number one bullet point on the pick six of the six bullet points. The Panthers and Texans emerge as the most attractive openings in conversations with coaches and executives. Dead sexy. Those teams are in better position than the others to land the quarterbacks they want. So 
that seems to be the that seems to be the tipping point here. We've got we've got uh, some quotes here from anonymous executives just about hiring in general, but quotes about the Texans opening here. The Texans are rated the number one opening according to this for a variety of reasons. Here's what the anonymous executive quoted about the Texans says about their job. Quote, they are first due to the assets they got from the Deshaun Watson trade. The next coach should enjoy stability after back-to-back one-and-done situations. The AFC South remains a winnable division. They have some nice young pieces from this past draft in Jalen Petrie, Damian Pierce, and Derek Stingley Jr. End quote. Are those bullet points valid on the Texans head coach? I think job? those are I think those are very valid. I think that a lot of the the it's it's a lot of the objections people have to the Texans coaching search come down to A ignoring the Deshaun Watson dynamic completely. It is weird. It's really, really weird. You're talking about the people evaluating it, ignoring the Deshaun yeah, Watson. Yeah, yeah. When people will talk about the mismanagement of the Texans over the last two years or the hiring and they and and they act like it's just like Deshaun Watson wasn't a factor whatsoever. Right. I'm not saying that it excuses everything, but they act like it had nothing to do with anything. It's really weird. They just completely forgot one of the biggest stories in the NFL for the last two years when it comes to discussing this. The other side of it that Sando doesn't mention there is, um, and the pushback I always get when I advocate for D'Amico is various people saying, well, no, you can't. It would be awful for D'Amico because if he goes there, he's a blackhead coach, and all the Texans do is fire blackhead coaches um, every single year. So I think that I've, I think that the difference between people who have that flyby objection to the Texans and people who actually might have um, – people who might have a racial argument or a racial perspective on it is – the the issue with the David Culley and Lovey Smith was the way in which they were hired, not the fact that they were fired. When you hire a black coach in a no-win situation, it just follows a trend of that happening a lot, where a team hires a black coach in a no-win situation, Bo Porter, anybody else, and then when things start to turn, then you hire a white coach. Um, the actual firing of those guys, there there was uh, people didn't watch the games. <laughs> people people didn't watch the games or watch David Culley in particular in press conferences. Uh, you know, Lovey Smith was fine, and Lovey Smith was a head coach, but it just those were not the guys, and it was they were errant hires at the time. So I don't think that's going to be the case this time around. Whether it's D'Amico Ryan's or anybody else, it's this this coach is going to have at least a two year running ramp because they're not going to. God help me if they hire somebody as unqualified as David Culley. Right. Um, and then Lovey Smith wasn't even a candidate until the last minute because the Texans had put themselves in that position. But I, I just don't – personally, I don't think that that dynamic is nearly what people nationally and some people locally want to blow it up to be. Here here are some concerns about the job. These aren't direct quotes, but these this may be Sando just kind of mouthpiecing for some of the people he talked to. He says this, General Manager Nick Casario's interest in a game management role downgrades the Texans for some as much for what it symbolizes as for the actual involvement itself. We've not gotten much clarity during the Lovey Smith, I was going to say Lovey Smith era, the Lovey Smith season, um, that Nick's role behind the scenes was similar at all to what it was with David Culley. It felt like David Culley that... Nick was maybe much more involved in the game day stuff and that Lovey kind of maybe, I don't know, Lovey drew a line is the right way to say it, but that, that Lovey's been a head head coach. Like, David Culley needed hand-holding. Yeah. You know, yeah. Lovey Smith, 
I don't agree with all the decisions he made, but I don't think he needed hand-holding on a game day. Right. There was never any point. I, I think with Lovey Smith, there were times where you felt like he was antiquated in some ways, but it never felt like, oh, this is a guy who's out of his element. Yeah. Um, I think that what Nick has said the entire time and the way he's described that at New England is that he's kind of been on game day whatever the team needed him to be. Yeah. Sometimes he was with Patricia. Sometimes he wasn't. Um, sometimes he was McDaniels. Sometimes he wasn't. That it's not... Uh, that it's not that it wasn't set in stone, and it was more that hey, Nick's got coaching experience as well as front office experience, and however he can be used, then then so be it. Yeah, I think when it's a bad team, people set their brain to the default of whatever the most uh, what controversial is the wrong word, whatever whatever scenario they think is the worst is what their brain is set to. The most so when nefarious. They, yeah, yeah. So when they hear that Nick's on the headset and it's a crappy team, it's like this guy it's, wants control of everything. I, I'm going to tell you right now, it's stupid for a GM not to be on the headset. I, I think it's like whenever I see an owner, uh, a GM sitting up in a suit in a booth next to the owner, I'm like, what are you even doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you? Like, what are you? What, Politicking? What, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you even doing? Keeping their job? <laughs> Do you know how little information you have when you're just sitting up yeah. there watching a football game? It's miserable. It's, if you're the GM, you shouldn't be in a suit on game day. I don't. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's. It, it feels like you're not working. It feels like you're having a day. You might as well be like a, a pretty little uh, owner's kid, like Jerry Jones' little grandchildren up there, all all dressed up in your Sunday right, vest, right? You know, just looking prim and proper. Yes. When when Nick says that, you know, I'll, whatever whatever it is, my role is supposed to be. I'm totally paraphrasing here. It was the one quote that kind of, I think, maybe got away from him a little bit. The press conference a couple weeks ago that he came back on our show two days later and clarified. About, you know, I'm just being accountable and, you know, saying that he'll do whatever it takes and he loves his job. I, I believe him when he says that. I believe, like, if a coach said, I don't want you getting in my ear telling you, telling me what I think, telling me what you think I should do on fourth down, then I don't think he would do that. Like, yeah. I, I do believe him when, when he says he'll morph his role on game day to whatever it is that suits winning in the eyes of, of that head coach. So I think that, I think that concern might be a little overblown. Do the Texans need some? This is Sando talking here. Do the Texans need someone with Patriots in their DNA? I think the list of candidates kind of bears out that they're clearly not looking that direction no, right now. No, and um, you know I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're actively fording the Patriots types. Except that one of the problems with the Patriots right now is that all the smart people have kind of left the building. They're left with. They're kind of left with the haggard remains. It's like that movie Multiplicity. Remember with Michael Keaton where they cloned Michael Keaton and each successive copy got dumber and dumber because it's like making a copy of a copy of a copy. That's what it feels like up with the Patriots right now. They've got facsimiles, like poorly done, low ink supplies facsimiles of Patriots people. And the only ones that are left, they're not letting them leave the building. Gerard Mayo. (laughs) (laughs) He's a position coach and they're doing press releases that they're working on an extension with him. He's been sitting in on the interviews for for offensive coordinators. Gerard Mayo keeps finding his flights on for vacation uh, curiously canceled. It's the strangest thing, honey. They canceled the flight again. Yeah. By the way, real quick. That's what they did with Mario Williams up in Buffalo. Yes. (laughs) Well, it worked. He got the highest paid deal in history. I tell you, I was up visiting family that week in uh, upstate New York. Yeah, yeah. And it was when Mario visited, it was like the most freakishly awesome 
uh, early spring day. Like that, that never. It's usually it's gray 110 percent of the time up there that time of year, and it was just beautiful. It was like it was like 71 degrees. The and gods sunny. were the Birds were singing and everything. I was like, oh boy, oh boy. Southern kid Mario Williams is uh, <laughs> he's about to get the rope a dope. He is. He <laughs> is. Well, that was back when you you had to do that to get people to play for Buffalo. It, it's. Changed a little bit. It was also back when people used to take free agency visits, remember? Yeah. Remember when they would, like, they actually would make decisions based on the visit. Recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the the rankings uh, of the job openings, according to the anonymous executives Mike Sando talked to, number two, Carolina Panthers, number three, number three, but a very, very sketchy number three, the Indianapolis Colts. Like, there's a lot of Ursa caveats in this. We'll get into these a little later when we've got a, a little more runway. Uh, Denver 4 and Arizona 5. So that's the uh, the rankings of the openings. Um, all right, up next, uh, let's circle over to um, <laughs> Jonathan Gannon. We played Nick Sirianni taking up for Jonathan Gannon and him referencing Angelo Cataldi, our counterpart in the morning up on um, WIP. Sirianni went on Cataldi's show yesterday yesterday morning. If you are a Texan fan who's interested in this coaching search and it has to do with Jonathan Gannon, Sirianni laid it out yesterday why he's such a good candidate with Angelo Cataldi up there. That is next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. <laughs> you excited for the Houston Sports Awards tomorrow? I am. Sean and I were just going over some of the, the script uh, that I've got. I'm going to do like the pre MC. Edgy. I'm basically the, I'm the opener for <laughs> Alex Bregman. <laughs> You're the warm up I'm going to ruin Bob? it for Alex Bregman. I'm going to kill. And Bregman's going to be like, how do I follow that? <laughs> Oh, he's a notoriously slow starter. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, uh, I'm gonna give Bregman the mic when it's time to hand it off to him. You're like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> You're gonna hold it out. He's gonna reach for it. You're just gonna drop it at his feet. Uh, yeah, we're going over some of the material, so it, 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 no, it's gonna it be a, fun. It's no, there's one, there's a little one liner in here that I think was phrased a little different. It, Gives a, gives it a little bit of a sexual innuendo that I don't think they Big intended. Time. Yeah, like, I don't think they intended. <laughs> so I, gotta, me? I gotta tweak that a little a bit. Little. Yeah. <laughs> it involves the Dallas Cowboys. It's, made, it's talking smack about the Cowboys, but it almost goes into Texas Rangers <laughs> territory. And I don't think that's what they intended. No, yeah. no. All right. Um, so if you recall, this was uh, this was Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni on Saturday night defending his defensive coordinator and prime candidate. For the, being the next Texans head coach, Jonathan Gannon, in the post-game press conference. Sometimes I have to I have to hear like some things about Jonathan Gannon, like 
and it, I don't know if it's you guys. It might be more uh, other people. Um, I, I won't say names. Angela, right? Uh, but this guy is an unbelievable coordinator. The, the fact that he doesn't get respect from our radio station blows my mind. It blows my mind. And I know you work at the radio station, too, so I'm not even going to say anything about you. But, like, it blows my mind. This guy is an incredible coordinator. The People w- love to play for this guy. Like, and I, uh, listen, I don't, I, am I, you want me to keep going? I think you made your point. Okay. So that, that was, it was a great clip, and I've really grown to like Sirianni. Um, he, Nick Sirianni goes on Angelo Cataldi's show up in Philly. He's the morning host on WIP, longtime morning host up there. Um, I guess he goes on weekly, it sounds like. He was definitely on yesterday. Um, and he explained to Cataldi in the audience what he was trying to accomplish on Saturday in that press conference. I'm very aware you would like a piece of me here. So uh, <laughs> let, me, let me just stop by saying, how do you think Jonathan Gannon coached on Saturday night? You, you set me up for that, huh? You, just came, you came right in with that as your first question? I kind of lob one up there, Nick, to get this going. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, I appreciate that. Um you know, hey, I know what I said on uh, I know what I said on Saturday, and that, that's in good fun too. Um, I enjoy coming on this show and and, and uh, talking to you guys. Um, but hey, at the end of the day, too, I'm going to stick up for my brother. Like I grew up in a tight Italian family. All I know is to is to stick up for my my family members, um, and and that's what I was doing uh, there. Mm. I, that's, uh, I invoke the Italian. Yeah, yeah, that's what I. Uh... That's what I was wondering. You called wasn't that. I? Yeah. I, was gonna say. <laughs> I texted Seth yesterday. I'm like, you called it. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up in an area with a lot of Italian Americans. I got a lot of Italian American friends. There's one thing I can tell you about Italian Americans or pretty much any other uh, hyphenated American. Um, like, uh, but my, all my Italian friends think that like the things that their family does is like unique to just uh, Italian Americans. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so what are you saying about my family? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll sell those. Guys. I'll sell them for a penny. Yeah. I'll sell them right out. I don't give a damn about my family. Guy sticking up Sirianni? for his loser brother. He's Italian. He's oh, oh okay. well, that explains oh, it. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I got gotcha. <laughs> um, Sirianni went on to further defend Gannon. You'll like this, Seth, because he just <laughs> Sirianni for forty seconds turned into just this volcano of stats. Yeah. that he threw at Angelo Cataldi. So Texan fans, see if you are similarly convinced through Nick Sirianni's spew of stats here that Jonathan Gannon might be the right guy for the Houston Texans. I actually got some stats here. You ready? Can I roll some oh, off? Absolutely. All right. First in sacks. Uh, this is an NFL ranking. Uh, first in pressure rate. First in yards per play. First in pass de- uh, passing defense. First in yards per pass attempt. First in tackles for loss. First in opponent negative plays. Second in total defense. Third in in games allowing 17 or fewer points. Third in opponent passer rating. Third in quarterback hits. Fourth in takeaways. Fourth in interceptions. Seventh in explosive plays allowed. Seventh in forced fumbles. Eighth in defensive points allowed per game. So I just wanted to roll off those 16 uh, important stats right there uh, for you on Jonathan Gannon's defense. Well, Nick, uh, it sounds like you're really dying. I see him get a head coaching job. <laughs> <laughs> he, de- he, de- he does deserve it. I, I was going to say that. I don't want him to go, uh, but he, he does deserve it. Dude, it's, it's, it's hilarious, honestly, because we keep getting – some of our listeners will say, hey, Seth, Philly fans don't like Jonathan Gannon. And I – and and you had the perfect response. It probably doesn't need to go much deeper than this. That's just Philly. Yeah, they're a really good defense. Sean, I, I went looking last night for kind. Of, I wanted to find some clips of Philly fans talking about Jonathan Gannon, 
And one of them, I found a press conference where Jonathan Gannon was explaining that he doesn't think sacks are a good stat, and he prefers to go by various other things. And the guy was like, you see, this is why, this is why this guy's no good. Mind you, Sean, the Eagles led the league this year with 70 sacks. Uh, like last, the second place was the Chiefs with with fifty five. Holy smokes, <laughs> dude! Are you serious? Yes. yes. Are they that big? Are they the big green bar that looks like the Empire State Building over there, or the gray bar oh, over there? Oh god, yeah. I thought you I was like Sean. No, it, get you to the hospital. No, no, no. The <laughs> angle, the angle that your computer yeah. was at, oh, look, okay. it looked green. Yeah. That's gray. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's absurd. Oh, it's my crazy. God. That's wild, dude. Seventy sacks. That's like. So Jonathan Gannon was explaining that sacks aren't the greatest stat. That's like a billionaire going, money's not the most important thing yeah, in the world. Yeah, right, right. Well, no, but it is. It's true. And that's been something that, like for a long time, defensive coaches would tell you sacks only, like there's flukishness to it. Yes. Like a lot of times the best pass rusher in your team might not get 20 sacks because of whatever circumstances, but he's constantly, yeah. he's forcing interceptions, he's yep. forcing bad throws, all those. I think individually, sacks can be misleading. I think as a team, it's a yeah. great stat. They're good stacked up year to year. Yeah, it's almost like, um, like in some respects too, it depends on the secondary you have behind sure. you, all that stuff. So. Sure. But yeah, like winning, so Gannon probably looks at a whole lot of stuff like win rate and, you know, when you're singled up, it's really, the, the guys that get doubled a lot are not going to get as many sacks, but when they're singled and they're just, like, destroying the guy, like, all that stuff leads to getting 70 sacks in a season. Yep. Um, one more from Sirianni. I'm going to double check that stat, though, just because they, in case stat news included the postseason. Gotcha. Um, one more from Sirianni. Does what a good head coach does. Says he wants the heat on him, not Gannon. My whole thing, and you, and I, I want you to get on me, is what I want you to do, too. Because my whole thing that I preach here is about uh, winning the double positive. And what does that mean? That means winning the turnover battle while also winning the um, explosive play battle. And I, those things go hand in hand. I get it. And it's tough. It's not everybody can do it um, in the sense of, Hey, we don't want to get, we want to take the ball away, but we don't want to let the ball over our head. And that's been our, our, uh, organizational philosophy for these past two years is winning that. And so Gannon is influenced by me. So I want, I want some heat. I want some smoke. All right. When, when, uh, you guys are getting on Gannon too, because some of that is, you know, a lot of that is me saying, Hey, I don't want to lose the explosive play battle. My biggest takeaway from all the Sirianni stuff we've been doing the last 24 hours is, yeah. Don't judge a coaching hire by the opening press conference. Remember how much fun we were making of him a year ago? The first part of being smart is knowing what to do. I mean, that was like his mantra in his opening press conference. I'll point out that I stuck up for his actual message that he was trying to deliver. No, you did. You stuck up for him more than anybody else. Yeah, I thought it was – he was just way over-amped. I told you yesterday about Jeff Stoutland when he tried to give uh, uh, an award at our awards banquet in college when he was a young coach. And Current so, Eagles O line coach. Yeah, he's yeah. he's one of the best offensive line coaches of this century. Right. And he was just he got so overly emotional and kind of bound up that he couldn't even spit out words. But he's an awesome dude. It was almost an indication of, of what an awesome dude he was. That's what Sirianni was like. I don't know if he's an awesome dude or not. And, he seems like one. Yeah, but at least <laughs> like in that his message was good, which was just simplifying things and yeah, the first part of what did he say? The the less part? thinking equals talent take over. Well, that was the yeah. follow-up. The first less... part of being smart is knowing what to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of true, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, they're... I, I was about to swear. I was about to say F it. I, <laughs> they're 16-3. and three. <laughs> I mean... Honestly, if you look at 
on the upper, upper level of things, if you look at quarterbacks like Peyton Manning and Drew Brees, they were not deep thinkers as quarterbacks go. Brady did a lot of thinking, I think. But with Manning and Breeze, so much of it was that they just drilled it into their heads so consistently and constantly mm. so that they weren't thinking at all on mm-hmm. game day. They were really just kind of reacting to what they saw because they drilled it so many times. And I just, I'm, I'm overstating it and saying they weren't sure. thinking at all. But, um, yeah, it's the it's a talent takeover is what it's called. It Sean. is. It's LT yes. equals TT. Less thinking equals talent takeover. Yep. LT equals TTO. TTO. Ben's yeah, reaching for the dump, dump button. That, yeah, yeah, probably. Go ahead, Ben. Hit it. The dumper. There we it's go. Too late. All right. He hit it in As the we dumper. We ramp back up. Dump that Put it in the dumper. <laughs> uh, text message. Trailer wheel and frame text page. Trailer wheel and frame. Lamont is up early with us. He says, I've had to pump the brakes on D'Amico. The last time I was excited about a former Texan turned coach was Anthony Weaver, and he was horrible. What would your response be to equating D'Amico Ryans to Anthony Weaver, who I will say was kind of operating with one hand tied behind his yeah, back? Yeah, I think two things about that. <laughs> Here one you go, was, Weave. Here's Eric Murray, our big defensive signing right, that, that offseason. That was, okay, that was a defense that, remember, in the, down the stretch the previous season was awful on defense, and then they just completely got destroyed by the, the Chiefs. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, usually you'd say there's no shame in getting destroyed by the Chiefs, there isn't the way that those guys got destroyed. And then, so in that offseason, after Anthony Weaver was hired as defensive coordinator, the Texans responded to that by uh, making all these super aggressive and bad moves on offense and almost zero moves on defense. Yep. Allowing DJ Reader to walk. Um, extending that, Whitney Merciless expensively. Ex- expensively extending Whitney Merciless, signing Eric Murray as yep. the one guy you brought in from without. And it was really bad. So there's that. And then the other side of it, too, is okay. Even without all that, if Anthony Weaver had failed, that was his first time in a leadership position as opposed to D'Amico Ryans, who's been a defensive coordinator now for two years. Yep. So I think that there's there's more bulk to D'Amico's resume than there was for Anthony Weaver. I would and agree. It, I would agree with that. And then too, and you don't want to weigh the, the playing side of it too heavily, but as far as D'Amico's reputation as a leader and as a football mind on defense is is one of the best in recent memory. Yeah. Like, in terms of his football IQ and in terms of his leadership ability, that was just beyond compare in a lot of ways. So, it's um, I, I think it's it's somewhat apples to oranges, other than the fact that they're both former players. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, former teammates, actually, back in uh, 06 to whenever Weaver left, I think after the 08 season. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Tuesday. Ross Tucker is going to join us about 30 minutes from now. Um this I, We should mention this once again. We mentioned it off the top, but we got new people jumping in, getting in their cars and whatnot. For those wondering what's the next step here with the Texans in this head coaching search, um, because they've conducted first interviews now with all seven of the candidates that remain. There were eight to begin with. Ben Johnson going back to Detroit, so it's down to seven. And we're going to get into the approval ratings on Twitter of the Texan fans out there on the various candidates in the next segment. Probably the deciding factor for the brass over there. Uh. I, People don't realize how much sway the Pender poll has in all this. Um, So so you can't interview candidates that are still active in the postseason until next Monday. So January 30th is the first day that Shane Steichen, D'Amico Ryans, and Jonathan Gannon could put or any any anybody from any of the other teams or any of their coaches, but those are the three that the Texans have had first interviews with. 
Steichen, D'Amico, Gannon, they can't do a second interview until Monday after yeah. the games are over. Yeah. And, um, so it might be a slow week. These rules have all been kind of tossed up and turned around over the last few years. They keep tweaking them because, I, and I think a lot of it's based on the Josh McDaniels fiasco where he was hired and then uh, and then turned the job down and a whole bunch of coaches got left out in the lurch because yeah. of it. So, boy, what a what a dirtbag move. <laughs> it just Big was. Time, it really was. Yeah. It was such a mess of a move. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's in the Raiders now. Maybe there's a little karma coming back. Yeah. Um, I will say this as a fan. I'm, I was excited about this rule because I'm, I'm really pumped this weekend to watch Steichen v. D'Amico. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. And they, we, and especially it's, the fact that we will not have had a, theoretically, and you know, unless Peyton comes out of nowhere to take the Texans job, we probably won't have a Texans head coaching hire this week, mm-hmm. I would think. So we get Steichen v. D'Amico, and we get Jonathan Gannon versus, I'll say, Kyle Shanahan. This is, um, there's, there's a lot about what the Cowboys did versus the 49ers that the Eagles can learn from. Because it's not like Brock Purdy had a, hey, rookie of the year type of game. And yet, he did exactly what he should have done in that game. Like, he was, there's some games where even Tom Brady, this peak, understands, okay, I got to be a game manager this mm-hmm. game. And... And I thought that what they did during the broadcast was good too. They were talking about Usechek kind of talking, Usechek uh, talking Purdy through not you know not not trying to push or press and all that, and it can happen on one play. And then lo and behold, it happens on that big strike to Kittle. Not to mention a Kittle uh, Dude, accentuated it's, it's, defensive holding. <laughs> he talked about that after the game. Kittle did. Kittle said basically like I knew that he had the tendency to do that, and once he grabbed me, he was like I knew I wasn't going to make. He grabbed me enough that I knew I wasn't going to make a catch, so I just Gamesmanship. went down. He just went down, yeah. Gamesmanship. So, um, but the thing about the 49ers, and this is what I would tell Nick Casario. Okay, Nick, if you're listening, this is all I need from you. All I need for you to do is to draft an Ayuk and a Debo Samuel. That's all. That's it. We don't That's ask for much. Do. It's two guys. Dude, yeah. they line those guys up. So the Eagles, you know, the Eagles fans all hate Jonathan Gannon because he plays too much zone. Where, in fact, he's about middle of the road in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um but one thing that the 49ers were doing was they put both Ayuk and um, Debo Samuel in the slot. Like, they're both inside receivers. And it just it, – there's, like, first down machines. Because if a defense decides to play zone, they're just – they're going to be – like, one of them's going to be open easy over spot. the middle. And those guys you – you get frustrated with coaches calling plays short of the sticks on third down. The 49ers do it all day long. Right. Watch the 49ers. Every damn third down throw is short of the sticks, and it doesn't matter because those guys bulldoze people for five extra yards. It is beautiful to watch. Yeah. It's just incredible. But that's all you got to do is draft an Ayuk, who was what, a second rounder? I think he was a late first. Yeah, and Debo was Debo's a second rounder. Yeah, that's all you got to yeah, do. Debo just find those sick. guys. Yeah. yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah. Come on, Nick. Just go find an Ayuk. <laughs> and, and while you're at it, get a Bosa for the defensive side of the ball. So the one thing... Um, Actually, don't, because you'd have to use the second pick in the draft. We but, need that for Bryce. But Purdy was under pressure a lot, a lot in that game. Yeah. And I think the Eagles are capable of doing that. It's going oh, yeah. to be another defensive battle, I, I think. In, <laughs> Your little graph chart over there says yeah, that they're very the capable sacks. of doing that. Yeah, yes. verified that. That was right. I was like, 76, that's a lot in the, the, this day and age in the regular season. Yep. yep. Sure enough. Sure and enough. And yeah, Eagles fans are upset because they don't get enough sacks. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Ah, yeah, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk, 25th overall pick back in uh, back in 2020. Man, what a team, man. What a team. All right, uh, we head into the 7 o'clock hour. All right, thousands of you have voted 
the approval ratings for the seven Texans head coaching candidates. There are clear tiers as to who you guys want. I think you'll be surprised as to who the most polarizing candidate is. And there might be a record set in this exercise as well. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.